Good morning. Last couple times I was up here, we talked about imputed righteousness. And it's so critical that we understand our position before God so that we can live before God as Christians against this world. Because this world is always going to be against us no matter what society you live in. And God's always going to be for us as long as we're for God. So we're going to talk about the refiner's fire this morning. So the question before us this morning is, how is God working in your life? How, how is God's work in your life? I mean, you read the Bible and stuff. Or maybe a better question is, how do we allow God to work in our life? Are we open to change if, in God's direction? Because, you know, I found myself stubborn and not willing to understand that the trials are for my benefit. God, God loves me. God loves you. And because of that, he's going to discipline us. Because, you see, he's trying to make something out of us. He made us in the beginning anyhow, right? He formed me. He formed you. And he knows exactly my deficiencies. And he knows exactly what I need. And he's bringing me along exactly as he's planned it. But in his plan, it's all in Christ. Because outside of Christ, well, that's outside of hope. All right? So we already understand that. That's not our study today. <clears throat> but we're going to be over in Malachi 3. And really, we're going to look at most of the, of the thing. Because we're going to see that sin is, is from the heart, wrong thinking. And God is working with us to refine the dross, the impurities off of us. Now, some of you guys work with metal. I don't, but some of you do. And some of you harden metal. But you can't harden metal if it's got a lot of impurities in it, can you? Because them impurities need to be drawn out first so that it's workable. And that's what God was doing with us. And we've got to understand that we have a part in it as well. Our part is to accept and to understand through God's word what he's doing in my life. So when the trials of life come, when the temptations of life come, when all the nonsense of life comes to try to distract you from God, try to take your eyes off the cross, try to change your heart to a darker side that they'd like you to have, you've got to remember this is the trials of life. And we're in the refiner's fire. Because he is working with us. And these things are for our good. James talks about the trials that we'll go through. Now, we're not going to read James today. In fact, I don't have time to go through this whole lesson, so we're going to get a start on it. Because we need to understand this so that as we're living life, when the trials come to us, when the hard times come to us, when the dark day comes to us sometimes, that we stand in the winds of the storm as a man or woman in Christ, no matter what it brings. Because ours is a spiritual life. We're not here to get all the blessings of the carnal life. Because that's carnal thinking. We're here to get the blessings of God. And that's from the heart. Right? Because that's where we have to start at. So let's take a look at our scriptures this morning. Malachi 3, 
I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to hit a few highlights out of it because we, you know, our limited amount of time. But what I want us to see here in this text is that you and I, by the time we're done here, we're going to see that you and I are the ones that can abide the refiner's fire and stand in the day of his coming. Because, you know, there is going to be a judgment day at the end. Now, of course, some of this is going to be talking about Old Testament stuff. But you realize the Old Testament is a physical showing of what spiritual is in the New Testament. All right? <clears throat> so when we look at this refiner's fire, he's going to say, well, they're refined like silver and like gold. Well, that's, when you refine silver and gold, what do you do with it? You just sit out there in the rain and look at it? Is that refining gold? No, it's heated up, and it's in a process. And it goes through a couple of different processes, and as they go through the process, all the impurities come to the top. And they take all the impurities out of that so that they can tell you how much many carats in your gold ring. And they can use it, and it has value. Because as long as it's still out there in the rock, it has some value. But think about ore gold per ounce. And then think about purified gold per ounce. You see, this is what God is doing to us spiritually. Spiritually. Within us. Within our heart. Within our minds. Okay, let's take a look. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant, whom ye desire, behold, he cometh, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, the only thing I want us to look at right there is the word covenant in that particular verse for today. Because we want us to know that we're under a covenant. A covenant is an agreement. All right? It's an agreement. We're in a covenant because we've been baptized into Christ. We live by faith. We're under the grace of God. All right? But who can abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver. And they shall offer unto Jehovah, under Jehovah offerings in righteousness. Now I want to stop right there. Because we can see the description of Christ here. And then in the third verse there, he says, And he will set as refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi. Well, now, that's in the Old Testament. But you know that you and I today are priests, sons of Levi, spiritually, right? You knew that? If you did, that, you'd study that out, but that's true. And because of my faith, you know. And so see what he's saying here? He will purify the sons of Levi. So if I'm a son of Levi, what's he going to do to me? He's going to purify me. He's got a plan for me. Now, I've got to be open to the plan. And I've got to be seeking him. You know, you've got to have a little bit of... You ever wonder why somebody knows a lot about God? They don't really ever come to church. They don't really have any religion, but they know quite a bit about it. You have to have your own spark. God invites everyone. He invited you. He invited me. He invites everybody. But you've got to have that spark of desire within you. You know, it's like deep faith or shallow faith. I mean, if you have a strong desire for something, you think about it a lot. 
you consider it. And you go towards it, you see. And if you don't care about something, you just, yeah, yeah, that's just part of my life, you know. I gotta pay taxes. Taxes, something I don't seek, I don't care about them, but I gotta pay them. Ain't nothing like religion. Does a religion ain't like that? You gotta seek it. It's a voluntary thing. It's out of your heart. He'll help you, but it has to come from you. Purify the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver. Now, here's a key part. Here's a key part. And they shall offer unto Jehovah offerings in righteousness. In righteousness. Well, i got to tell you, I don't know how to do that. Except God tells me. Because the offerings that we make, aren't you glad? Hey, listen, aren't you glad that we haven't had to sacrifice the fattest calf and all that stuff in the first of all our crops and everything and bring it in here this week. Didn't have them fires and the blood going down and all that gory stuff going on. I don't even like that stuff. But, you know, aren't you glad we didn't do that today? Did you bring your finest animal today? You know? No, because we were released from that old law by the blood of that covenant. That we don't no longer have to obey those old ordinances. And we have imputed righteousness. You know, we've been talking about that for a few weeks. We have imputed righteousness with Christ. So when we're seeking God, we're walking in His way, and we're allowing Him to work with us. You're saved. You have salvation. Today. Everything. You can live in the comfort of salvation. Now, you're going to have trials? Yeah. You're going to fail? Yeah. You're still going to have sin sometimes. But you're in the refiner's fire. What do you want to do with the lessons you receive? My dad gave me a pretty hard whooping. But one of the things he would say before he gave me the whooping, and he said it often, he said, son, you can receive this. He said, I don't want to give you a whooping. It hurts me as bad as it hurts you. But he said, you can receive this in a spirit of bitterness and get mad at me, stomp off when we're done. Or you can receive it in the spirit of learning something. There's some reason that brought you to this point, you see. And that's what God is trying to do with us. And they shall offer unto Jehovah offerings in righteousness. We're not going to offer anything outside of Christ. Listen. You don't have enough good works to pile them up and offer them to God to spare yourself. Ah, neither do I. No one does. We're all out of those good works. We we want them. We're going towards them. And we need to have them. Well, we pile them all up. And the Bible tells us that all that good stuff is as filthy rags before God. So my works is not going to save me. Well, but i got to do something. That's right. You've got to walk by faith. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to maybe change some of your ideas. And some of the things that the world has taught you out here, you might want to question a little harder. Greed, money, and, you know, sensuality, and, and all the different things that the world tries to, you know, flood our minds with. And you might want to take a second glance at God's Word and realize that He's got a plan for you in that refined fire. 
So it may not be as smooth as you want. Some of us have it a little harder than others. Some of it have us easier than others. But in any case, all have it. It's just going to be that way. And it's okay. Because what happens? When I used to get the whip, and what would happen? It'd make me think. And I'd go through both of those things. The bitterness, you know, burning down the house. Well, I should have said that. But, um, <laughs> okay, I should have said that. I'm sorry. But, um, you know what I'm saying? I'd get mad on one end, and then the other end I'd go, well, wow, he was totally justified in what he did. Ah! So, you know, what can I say? And then I had to realize that, yeah, he's dad, and uh, I tried to get away with something anyhow. So, yeah. And so when we, when God works with us, we've got to allow him to work with us. We've got to say to ourselves, hey, listen, I may not like exactly what's going on, but there's something here for me. Because life is not always going to be a bed of roses. Because you jump in a bed of roses, you're going to find a few thorns. It's just that way. And so we offer in righteousness through Christ. Okay? Our offering is a spiritual offering through Christ. Remember we read, uh, I think you preached a few weeks ago, I beseech you, brother, that you offer your bodies as a spiritual sacrifice. It's your normal duty. It's what you, what you require. You have an awesome God. See, this is the other thing the world does. The world wants to bring down God. It's called humanism. Bring man up, bring God down. They want to make God less than He is. Now God, you know what? He displays Himself in the world. He displays Himself in the universe. He displays Himself throughout all the universes. And in His Word. And mankind does everything they can do to make God small or evil. They do both. Because they want you to think that God just wait for you to mess up. When all of scripture and the gospel tells us that's not true. He's waiting for us to repent. He's waiting for us to come to him. In fact, we're going to read a scripture here in a moment. It says he's waiting to reason with us. He ain't listening to us. He's helping us understand realities of truth and righteousness. Getting impurities out. Then, verse 4, shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto Jehovah. Now listen, you can offer stuff, and it's not pleasant unto Jehovah always. He didn't care for those people that tried to have a pretend life that lived as they wanted to, but then they'd bring the sacrifices and stuff to pretend like they were righteous. That's hypocritical. God rejects that hypocritical style of living, you know. Being on the fence, you can call it either way. You know, being on the fence, being hypocritical, double-minded, whatever you want to call it. God wants us to be singular in mind towards our purpose in Him. To understand that's our highest calling. Do I have a responsibility to my family? Yeah, but it's less than the responsibility that I have to God. And the responsibilities I have to God will never injure my family. Will there's not an unrighteous judgment that God gives me to do. So, we get God first, 
Everything else will be added to us. He tells us that. Seek the kingdom of heaven first and all these other things will be added to you. He knows what we need. And then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto Jehovah as in the days of old, as in the ancient years. And I will come near to you in judgment and will be a swift witness against the world, sorcerers and adulterers, against false swearers, against those that oppress the hireling and his wages, and the widow and the oppress the fatherless and that turn aside the sojourner from his right and fear me not saith Jehovah see he protects us and he's against those that are out there look at verse 6 this is one of the beauties of God right here in verse 6 he said for I Jehovah change not now that's that's a beauty that's one of the most beautiful things that I know about God is that he never asks us to do anything unrighteous and he never changes about that. I can tell him he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So when I learn these old precepts from the Old Testament, guess what? They're just as modern as 2021. They're just as relevant. For I, Jehovah, change not, therefore ye, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. We're not consumed. They weren't consumed. I got problems in my life. But because he loves us in his covenant and he's honorable, we're not consumed. Were they perfect? No, he spared them. They weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And why was that? That's to show you and me how sin sinful was and how bad they were. And we think we're good, but spiritually we're still like they were physically. Think about that one. I'm not pointing finger at you. I'm trying to figure it out for myself. You figure it out for yourself. Because <laughs> i got plenty to point my finger at me. I don't need to point my finger at you. But God's working with us to get that dross out of our lives, to get our hearts straight. So that as we live, we live pleasing to God. We can live with that imputed righteousness that we've been talking about. Because we're seeking God, we're going towards God, and we're denying the world. We don't listen to their humanism. We don't listen to their nonsense. Because they are to influence you away from God. Now, you can listen to them if you want, but I'm telling you, that's the sole purpose. I listened to them for many years. <clears throat> then he goes on to tell them how they turned uh, aside from him and how they robbed him because they haven't brought in the tithes. Well, we rob God too, but the ties he's going to talk about, and I hope you're reading the chapters I'm talking to you, the ties that he's talking to you is the spiritual ties to you and me. not talking about the collection plate, wherever it went to. You're not talking about that kind of ties. He doesn't need your money. That's why, that's why we have a hard time with the, complex, uh, the collection plate here, is because we don't want people to think that we need money. God doesn't need your money. We need electricity and we need heat, but he doesn't need your money. It's not a money thing. He wants your heart. It's a heart thing. <clears throat> you know. He says, bring in verse 10. I'm going to skip down a little bit, but I hope you read this whole chapter. You guys go home. You got a Bible. Read that whole chapter. <clears throat> bring in the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and prove me now, herewith, say Jehovah of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast fruit before its time in the field. He's describing blessings for us today. Now, he's describing physical blessings, but we know he's talking spiritually to us. We're still poor people. He does, he's not going to bless me with money just because I'm a Christian. That's not the way it works. The spiritual blessings are richer. What do you really need this world? You know, eat, sleep, some clothes. That's what you need. Everything else is more want. And we live in a whole world of want. And that want gets so big that they can't see God. Because all their desires are this life. <clears throat> go down to verse 16. Uh, actually, let's go down to verse 14. Because this is something else we see. I've seen it in people, you know, trying to come to grips with Christianity. And I've seen it out here in the world. But let's start in verse 14 and take a look at this. And ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked mournfully before Jehovah of hosts? Now I want you to look at the description there of this walking. They know the realities. Because you know, when we know the realities, we're joyous of salvation, but the world can really take the smile off our face because we know of all the evils in the world. That's why we're to look at God. Why he says, brethren, think upon these things. Things are pure, good, just, right, and holy. Because otherwise, what happens? The world will have you thinking about everything that's opposite of those words I just said. That's what the world will do. Then they, uh, oh, excuse me, 14. And ye have said it's vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and we have walked mournfully before Jehovah of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are built up. Isn't that the way our world is right now? Don't we live in a society right now? They that work wickedness are built up. Yea, they tempt God and escaped. They, they not held right now. God doesn't sap them down. They do their evil. Why? Because you and I are in a refiner's fire, and sometimes they're part of that. He lets them be, because he still blesses even the sinner with sunshine and rain, and sometimes they have more money than we do, often. But look at verse 16. Then they that feared Jehovah spake with one another. <coughs> they that feared Jehovah. This is you and I. And Jehovah hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared Jehovah and that thought upon his name. You fear Jehovah? You thinking on his name? You know, they're not thinking, just think about, mm, God, G-O-D, G-O-D. No, they're thinking about his authority, his power, that he is God, omnipresent, omnipotent, that he is the one that's designed like pulling the purse strings. 
And they shall be mine, saith Jehovah of hosts, even my own possession. We've got to see that. We've got to see that we're the possession of God. We've got to see that we're the possession of God and that we've got the, the impurities within us and He's working to get them out of us in Christ. And I've got to be willing. And I don't know. I don't know how. And sometimes I don't even know that I'm, I can be willing. But when we read and we study and we fellowship and we come and we study and we, we come together and we learn... What happens? Well, <clears throat> I know that my best isn't good enough. I know it. But his was. Thank God his was. I can, I can hide behind the blood, covered under the blood, sent washed away under the blood. So I'm thankful. And what do we do in thankfulness? Appreciate. I want to appreciate God. So when I feel the refiner's fire on I want to learn to appreciate it, learn to understand it, and learn that God is for me, not against me, and I want to learn to listen to Him more than the world out there. And they shall be mine, verse 17 said, Jehovah of hosts, even my own possession in the day that I make and will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then ye shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. I want to be the one serving him. Didn't say the one that's perfect. We got the blood for that. We got exoneration. We got to understand that picture that we have imputed righteousness out of Christ. And we have a refiner's fire working for us every day in God. <clears throat> and in this world, although sometimes seems dark and against us, actually working for our betterment. Did you ever think about that? The hard things in life sometimes bring us out the other side. I mean, we've all been there. We've cried the tears of pain and anguish and heartache and all that stuff, haven't we all? And when we get on the other side, we're either weaker or stronger, aren't we? After we cry the tears, we're either broken and weaker or stronger. I always have to kick myself in the butt. I like to be a little stronger. After I bruise my knees, because I was down there for a while. And I get up. It's hard to get up now I'm older. Physically. <laughs> but spiritually it's not. We can stand up pretty quick spiritually. Because God allows us to stand. He's bringing us along. He's inviting us. You wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't have an invitation. Some site down the road. But look at verse 18 again. Then you shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. You know, on the judgment scene, he tells a lot of people, he says, I don't even know who you guys are, you workers of iniquity. Wow. That's all the attention you're going to get from God. And the rest of us are, you know, exonerated from Christ. I'm so glad of that. I'm so glad of that. I'm glad that I don't have to stand up there and do a panoramic scene of all things, bad things that I've done and everybody look at it. Aren't you glad of that? We're exonerated. But if 
Christ. And that's why we become more appreciative and want to have the God-fearing uh, heart in us. You know, that's one of their problems out there in the world. They don't fear God. And I mean fear not just in the shaking of the knees, but I'm talking about in adoration and respect. You know, honor. You know, I feared my dad. And I did shake him my knees a few times. But I also honored him, and I revered him, and I respected him, and I knew he never lied to me. And if I ever got a whooping, I had it coming two times over or more. So he's always just with me. And I had to come to grips with that because I wanted to blame him. <laughs> you can't blame me. It's your fault. Okay, turn with me to uh, Luke 3, 7 and 9. We'll get through a couple of other scriptures and then I'll, I'll get us out of here. But these concepts, these concepts, sometimes we need to, to work in, into our minds so that we have the strength of faith to face this because often we don't, you know, uh, when we're not looking to God. <clears throat> and this is why we want to come to God, too, because you see, people that pretend, we're going to see this here in this verse, people that pretend that they're coming to God or come to God for the wrong reasons or they just want, they want the gifts of God, but they don't want the righteousness of God or the morality of God. That's not what he wants. He wants somebody that understands the sacrifice of love. Boom, and the sacrifice of love spiritually cutting off the things of this life. Love is sacrifice. God sacrificed for me. What am I going to do for God? Nothing? Something? You know? Not that I can add to anything. It's already been paid for, but my goodness! Shouldn't I show some appreciation? I was going to use the thing and buy me a hamburger and I don't say thank you. But that's that, not even comparable. It's like a, you know, 20-pound porterhouse with a 40-pound lobster tail. We're going to take a bite out of them things. How grateful should we be for the gifts that were given of grace? Therefore he said to the multitudes that went out to be baptized of him, Ye offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God's able to raise these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And even now the axe also lieth at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Well, huh. boy, I'm kind of messed up there now. I'm not, I can't grow anything. I mean, I don't have green thumb at all. Everything I try to grow dies. What kind of fruit am I going to bring? Spiritual fruit. Fruit of love. Fruit of obedience. A fruit of trust. You know, love is sacrificial in nature. You know? When you love somebody, see, we all think it's the Hollywood thing where, oh, you look nice, that person looks nice, they get together, we love one another. 
it's more like, you know, a rock and a paddle. Because we don't get together that well. Oh, sure, up front, you know, we're all friendly and everything, but then after a while we get all comfortable with one another, and then the nose starts to come toward the wood. And you're like, okay, right? <coughs> None of you guys have any of that. I know that. You guys are all just innocent of that stuff. You just meet. But all I'm saying is this. You don't know somebody until you live with them because you can't know their heart just from the outside. God knows us from the heart. And that's what he wants to be towards him is our hearts and our mind. Because everything else will fall. Where your heart is. You know. <clears throat> Bring forth therefore fruit worthy of repentance. Well, he means the way I live. He doesn't want me to be out there Monday through Saturday living like hell-bent for leather. And then Sunday I come around here and act like, oh. <laughs> that was That's not what he wants. He doesn't want hypocritical style Christianity. Doesn't work with God. You're not going to fool him. You can fool your folks, you can fool maybe the congregation, you can fool your family sometimes, or friends, but you're not going to fool God because he knows us from the heart. So any of the stuff that I do has to be from the heart because otherwise I'm not pleasing God. And I don't have those fruits ready for repentance because I'm, I'm not showing that I'm repented. You know, I get tired of my sin. Whatever your sin is, probably different than mine. So you think about yours. And then you know, you get tired of that sin and you work with it and you finally get that and pretty soon it becomes ugly to you. And then pretty soon you look back and wow, that was me. Because God's bringing you along. And what the old person was is not what the person today is. It's not what the person next week or next year is going to be. Right? We want to grow into Christ. We want to grow into the fellowship of God. Deeper and deeper. We already have salvation. But we want to grow deeper in that appreciation in that life so that the refiner's fire can do its work for us in this life. Oh, let's see. I had something else here. Okay, Zechariah 13. Let's do that, and then we'll get out of here. Because I got a few others. I don't think I'm going to get to them today. We're going to be in the bottom half of this. And we'll start in verse 6. And we need to see this here that this is this is description of love. Because we all think that love is this cushy, cushy, mushy, mushy stuff. But it was the blood of Christ that displayed that love. Now, he rose again showing his authority. But it was the pain and suffering and the blood that he shed for us. Because he was an innocent. He wasn't like you and me as far as we... I've got sin. I'm not qualified to be any kind of a sacrifice except for a spiritual sacrifice. That's all I'm qualified to be. But Christ was qualified to be the sacrifice for the world. See, And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds between thine arms? Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. 
Because, you know, Christ had a religion, had a problem with religious people. They crucified him. That's how bad of a problem he had with religious people. So I want you to think about that. All right? Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that's my fellow. Talking about Christ. Saith Jehovah of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Hmm. He's going to turn his hand upon them. And it shall come to pass that in all that land, saith Jehovah, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. But the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part into the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name. That's what we're doing. And I will hear them, and I will say, this is God talking. This is God talking. And I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, Jehovah is my God. Jehovah is my God. How about you? See, this is where we're going. As God's called us, He loves us. We're like sons and daughters to So when you have a problem, remember your children out there. You know, I did a lot of, I don't want to say bad, I'd say weird, weird things. Maybe that's good. I don't know. Maybe give me bad words. But I did a lot of things around my house when I was a kid that I wouldn't tolerate very well because I don't have the patience my dad did. He'd already went through three or four other kids before I got there. But I remember his love. And it often accompanied the bell. But he did it for my benefit. God allows us to be tried for our benefit. The sufferings that we go through here to refiners' fires for our benefit. God's bringing us closer to him. Now, it's hard for us to see that. Sometimes we're in the middle of the trial. It's sometimes hard to see that when life is all seems to be darkened against us. But we've got to understand that our eyes need to be on God, on Christ, on His Word. And forget about what the world's doing out there because they're going to run amok out there and do whatever they're going to do. And you ain't going to control it. And all they're doing is trying to exonerate themselves or get your mind off the cross or make everything dark and bad. God gives you sunshine, you got food, you got clothing, we still live in what I still consider the greatest country in the world. But them aren't our blessings. Our blessings are in Christ. Because what if we do get to a point that we're, we're really are oppressed? What if they come in here one day, jack boots and all, and say, hey, you guys ain't worshiping here no more. Can we come to your house, Darren? Mine's too far away. What I'm saying is, We've got to overcome this world no matter what they do to us. No matter what they throw to us. God's on your side. God wants you to come to him, but you can't, he can't come to you unless you are willing to take a, a little bit of thing. And we all have to go through the refiner's fire. You ever had a job? You know? you got to learn about it. you got to come through the ranks. You know, pay your dues, so to speak. But our dues have been paid by Christ. All we're doing is showing appreciation. If you're outside the body of Christ, we invite you to come and get baptized in Christ, knowing that Jesus is Lord and Savior for the mission of your sins. And if you're a Christian this morning, I hope in some way that I've encouraged you. Because that's what we're about, is encouraging one another in the most holy faith. 
because there's none of us that are going to stand there and go, hey, I want my works to stand where I'm at. No, 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 no. I want to, I want to stand behind Christ because that's my righteousness. <laughs> you know? But at the same time, I don't want to be a, what do you call it, a bachelor. I don't want to be a, a son that doesn't understand what his father wants. You know? I need to understand what he wants and go that way. Because I do want, and I hope that you do too, want to be there on that day. And I want to face death. And we've had several, you know, we've lost six family members in the last six months. We, I would like to be one of those that face death without shaking my boots in fear. That I can sit there, like I can just imagine some of them have, and just think about it. It's not going to be long. And the angel's going to come get me. And I can stand behind the exoneration of Jesus. As I wait for God to tell me what's next. And I don't have to worry about the fear. Because God's got it all along. You know, we haven't studied that in a long time. But Joshua, he tells them many times, don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Stand. Be men, you know, be quit of men. You know, stand like men. Fight. Be encouraged because I'm with you. And that's what he is. He's with us every day. So when we go, when you're out there, things seem dark, you know, go to God. Go to Christ in prayer. Because that's where our solace is. And that's where our solitude is. And that's where our salvation is. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn. Thank you for listening.